So, Jim, it's always a real pleasure to speak to you ahead of the Senior Bowl, and it's looking like a, another really interesting class. So, to start off, can you give us a bit of an overview of, of the seniors this year and what we can expect? Yeah, Rob, good to be back on with you, man. Uh, love coming on with you. Uh, I would say, yeah, another strong year. Uh, you know, we only had a couple players decline the invite this year. Cedric Tillman, Tennessee, a lot of them were injury-related. Um, you know, unfortunately, we just lost a tight end, Dalton Kincaid from Utah, who's a good player. Uh, but, but uh, you know, all in all, really strong year. We were, we were uh, you know, excited about the running back group. I'm kind of peeking over the phone right now at the board a little bit. I'm cheating on you. Uh, the running back group we really like. We, you know, Kenny McIntosh from Georgia was a big get for us. Um, you know, we hadn't really tapped that Georgia running back room over the years. Going back to my time in Seattle, like that that draft with uh, before my time here at the Senior Bowl when I was in Seattle, that Sony Michelle Nick Chubb draft. Those guys were both seniors last year with James Cook and Zamir White. We didn't get either of those guys. So uh, again, Kenny was was a good one, and and like Chase Brown from Illinois is a really good player. Um, the tight end, I saw. I, I said we lost Dalton Kincaid, but uh, you know Luke Musgrave at the tight end position was our top tight end. I think we we really wiped out um, the top player at every position on the board except for outside linebacker and that was nolan smith and he's been hurt all year at georgia and he can't really participate but like you know tyree wilson at defensive end devin witherspoon at corner um you know across the board we've uh we've we've, we've knocked it out pretty good you've, you've mentioned already so many interesting players on kenny mackintosh i think when the head coach comes out and calls him out i won't i won't say the words that he described him as but he basically called him a b-a-m-f and when you have your head coach saying that, it's I always kind of find that interesting. And with with Luke Musgrave, I wanted to ask you about him because he just looks like a player you can imagine the league loving. How much potential does he have? Because he seems to be somebody that maybe the media doesn't talk about as much, but when you watch him, there's there's so much to like. And a great yeah, athlete. Yeah, he's great athlete. Only played in a couple of games this year, so there's just there's not a lot of tape out there from from 2022. Um, you know, he's a guy that I, I was out in LA. Um, at the NFL Network studios last week with uh, Daniel Jeremiah, and he's plugged into that West Coast scene pretty good. Knows a lot of coaches out there, and um, you know he said there's word that that he might run in the four fours at you know six six two hundred and sixty pounds. Which if he does that, I mean the guy's probably going to go in the first round. So he just uh, not a huge body of work this year. That's why this week is so important for him. And then you know to Kenny McIntosh, I would echo Kirby there. Yeah, he is a bad mf'er. Uh, you know, just with his, he's so explosive. I, I think we saw it in the college football playoff. There was a couple of those plays against Ohio State where guys that are that that big and thick and rocked up usually don't have that that immediate gear that Kenny's got. So, um, again, in the passing game, they used him a ton. You know, as a detached route runner, he'll he'll really show out during Senior Bowl weekends in the pass game stuff. And I think that's where he's going to go from a guy that was used in a rotation heavily at Georgia. I think he's going to open teams' eyes to be like, well, this guy could be a front line every down back for us. You don't see many human beings that look like Tyree Wilson. So how good could he be at the next level? Yeah, that's the scary part is, uh, you know, we used to, back in, when I was in New England, we used to refer to guys, say, the guys, they don't grow on trees. And, and Tyree definitely doesn't grow on trees. He's, uh, you know, arm, arm length is like 36 inches. The wingspan's 86, 87. So from just from a frame perspective, not many guys like him. Um, and really the, the scary part is his best football is kind of way in front of him. Um, he's long, he's explosive. That combination is really hard to find. Um, and so again, there's, there's games where he's, he's the guy, if you grade the flashes, he looks like a top 10 pick. 
Um, and usually when you get up into that, that area, you're trying to draft guys that you won't have a chance of getting later in the draft or hitting on. There's just, you're not going to hit on a guy like Tyree Wilson. They won't be around later. So I do think teams are going to, you know, he's going to be somewhere settle in that top 10 to top 15 area this year's draft. 12 months since we last had a conversation and you mentioned this highly athletic cornerback from the University of Texas, San Antonio called Tariq Woolen, uh, who you believed had extreme talent and potential. So I've got a nice, easy question for you here, Jim. You know, are there any players in this senior class that have just got that, you know, fantastic physical profile, maybe just need some guidance and development to potentially surprise a few people next season, perhaps not quite to the extent that Tariq Woolen has, because he's been fantastic, but have maybe got enough about them to flash early in their career. Yeah, I'm, I'm cheating again on you. Um, Tariq was, uh, it was really cool watching Tariq do what he did. I mean, I, I really, I thought, I didn't think he'd get out of day two. I thought, you know, it'd be because of the rawness and I can see where some teams didn't think he would be able to get on the field right away just because he'd only played corner there at UTSA for a couple of years. I could see that, you know, I'm not knocking the teams, but any guy that's, you know, six, three and change. And with that length and running four, two, six, I just, I, again, the, the whole don't grows on trees factor, I thought would push him up into the, into the third round at minimum. So it was awesome seeing Pete and, and John get him in the fifth round and seeing what he did leading the league and picks and all that. But no, no, no. Looking at, uh, again, I think a guy like Andre Carter, um, it, it army as a guy would probably fall into a similar categories to reek and that, you know, I think teams view him as developmental to a degree. Um, he needs to put on weight. He needs to add bulk. He needs to add, add strength. Um, you know, and coming from West point and the, one of the service academies, I think that's where teams think he can do that. Obviously it's a different regimen there than it would be at a normal football factory college. Um, so this is going to, the, the pre-draft process will be huge for Andre. You know, he had, whatever it was last year, 14 and a half sacks, the production dipped a little bit this year. He was getting a lot more extra attention, but um, you know, I talked about the, the explosiveness and the length stood out with Tyree Wilson. It's really the agility and the length stand out with Andre Carter. I mean, he's, he really has almost like a basketball player skill set. When you watch him play, like I just envision him running the court and uh, fast breaking and, and throwing down dunks. I mean, he's really light on his feet. And that's how he wins a lot as a pass rusher. He just he can kind of dance in front of guys and dance around guys. So when he adds that bulk and the strength, that's where you're going to see the the pass rush take off. So um, that's that's maybe one guy, Rob, just kind of off the top of my head. What's the defensive line class like this time around? You know, who are the players that are, you know, we turn on Senior Bowl and we're watching those those amazing one v ones. Who who do you think are the guys that we really need to be focusing on here? Yeah, it's a, it's another good edge group. I felt like last year's group with Boye Mafe and, um, you know, there was just a bunch of guys. And uh, uh, Arnold Ebichetti, um, there was a bunch of guys that I think are going to break through and be and be good rushers in years two and three. It's really hard to get on the field and, and get sack production, which makes what like Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston did this year in Detroit so impressive. Uh, but this year's group, I mean, you've got like Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame, uh, Derek Hall from Auburn is a guy that's really powerful and with straight line speed. I think KJ Henry is going to surprise people down here from Clemson. Uh, but one guy, when you talk about like in that same question you asked about, about Andre, and I answered Andre Carter, I would say Keon White um, from Georgia Tech. I mean, Keon's a guy that you're always, whenever you, as a scout, when you describe a guy that he has like smaller man movement ability, that's usually a really cool thing. And, and Keon's Last time I checked in with their staff at Georgia Tech was probably in November, uh, and he was like 292, 293. 
And when you put on the tape, he moves like a 260 pound guy. There's a couple clips on tape this year. One, the last game against Georgia. And then I want to say the other game was Virginia, but he's like running with wheel routes down the field, like stride for stride with Kenny McIntosh, which is insane. Um, and the cool thing about him is he's, he's really a natural pass rusher. Um, you see a lot of guys where you can see that is when their first move gets stymied and they have to transition to that second move. Um, some guys just, they get stalemated, they get cut off, they die in the rush. And, uh, he knows how to keep himself alive, whether it's like spinning out of stuff or, or cross-facing and countering. He's just got a really good feel for that. I think you saw that a bunch in the Clemson game. So um, I think Keon's a guy that is, is just scratching the surface as well, and I, he's going to be a handful in those one-on-ones. Yeah, I love watching watching him. That that wheel route stuff, I mean, that's that's infamous on social media now, people talking about that all the time. Um, just such a great player. 20% pass rush win rate as well, fantastic. Um, well, I think, yeah, I, and I, I should say this too, you know, talk about defensive instincts. Uh, you know, we had a guy in the, in the Senior Bowl a few years ago, uh, O'Shane Ziminis from Old Dominion, and uh, Keon was jumping off the tape that year, and, and we're all sitting around as a group watching. I asked, you know, one of our young scouting assistants, like, what year is this kid? You know, I forget what number Keon was wearing at the time. And he was like a redshirt freshman and he'd played tight end the year before. So this is a guy, his first year on the defensive side of the ball, I think he had 19 tackles for loss at ODU that year, which, uh, which tells you, which screams instincts. You know, if you're, if you're switching sides of the field and you're instinctive enough to have 19 tackles for loss, you don't like, you don't luck your way into that. You know, like at some point you got to be able to locate the football. So Again, I just think he's still really relatively young um, as a defensive player. So I just think he's another guy kind of kind of just scratching the surface. There's a couple of other defenders I wanted to just pick your brains on. Um, my pronunciation may be terrible on this, so apologies, Jim. Ade Tamiwa, Ade Boware from Northwestern. Um, just a, another, he's got a lot of physical potential, but what do you see there with him? I would say you did a better job there, Rob, than I than I would. We've we've been calling him Ade Ade in the office because uh, I I really hate butchering people's names. I really do. I, I so when uh, and I know the guys at, at Northwestern call him Tommy. So when when he gets here to Mobile, I'm gonna make sure I pull him aside and get that pronunciation down. Um, but again, you talk about a high end athlete. I don't know if you you follow Bruce Feldman on Twitter. He does the the freaks list every year, which has been a kind of a big part of the scouting thing. And uh, we've helped Bruce with that list the last couple of years here at the Senior Bowl. That's why you've seen it go from like fifty to hundred. Um, and maybe there's just more freaks out there. Maybe there's just more at, more athletic dudes out there now. But but he was on that list. Um, and so for a guy his size, that's going to broad jump ten eight, you know, something like that at, at two hundred and you know, 80-ish pounds. Um, I think the big thing where he was thinking about coming back to school, well, I, I talked to Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach at Northwestern in early November, and he was a little on the fence on what to do because he projects as more of a three technique at the next level. He's more of an edge player at Northwestern, um, but he's not overly long. Um, and really just the, the twitch and the quickness uh, inside over guards, he's going to be such a mismatch. So I think the feeling was from a Northwestern perspective, let's get this guy back. Let's get him to 295 pounds. Let's play him exclusively at three techniques so he can show that. So I think that was their plan. And I think any NFL team that, that watches his tape is going to have the same plan. You know, it'll just be next year. It'll be in the league. So um, he's going to be, he's going to be inside some in the pass rush stuff and one-on-ones so he can show that quickness. I just think he's going to be such a mismatch. And, and I think I have a good week here. And then obviously if the testing stuff is what, what it, it, it 
if they claim it to be, then he's going to blow up the combine as well. And there is actually two other players I wanted to quickly ask you about. Um, one of them is Byron Young at, at Alabama, who I just really enjoyed watching and and feel that maybe he's he's flown a little bit under the radar. And Zach Harrison, who's obviously had great physical testing in his past at high school, maybe hasn't had the consistent production in college, but looks the part when he turns yeah. it on. Now, what can you tell us about those two players? Yeah, but uh, we have two we have two Byron Youngs this year. We've got Alabama Byron Young and uh, Tennessee Byron Young. So I we had Tennessee Byron Young was in the office a couple of days ago watching tape with the staff, watching the guys he's going to be play, going up against in practice. But uh, but the Alabama BY he is uh, yeah he is an underrated guy. He is kind of flying under some radars. And uh, I'll just pull it back to last year. We had Phil Mathis in the game from Alabama, his former teammate. Um, and just to compare the two guys, I think Byron's a little more versatile in terms of, you know, the move them around um, scheme and front, depending on what what front you play. Uh, and I think he's a little more dynamic um, off the snap. So and Phil's a really good player. That's no knock on Phil Mathis at all. He went in the second round. Um, you know, Phil went in the second round of the Washington Commanders. So if he went in the second, that's where I think Byron Young is going to end up somewhere in, the, in that second round range, maybe maybe more. Maybe if he comes down here and has a good week rushing the passer. But um, to start the year, we had three Alabama defensive linemen on our board. Um, one's going back to school. We ended up with he and DJ Dale, Byron and DJ in the game. Um, so that'll be that'll be fun to watch him in one-on-ones because I, I do think that he he has some upfield uh, quickness to work with. And then Zach Harrison, you, you brought it up. I mean, the high school testing stuff, he was a, a 10, 700-meter guy. You can Google his high, high school track stuff, and it's almost comical to, like, watch this. 6'5", 260-pound high school guy running against uh, in the 100-meter dash against a bunch of guys that are 100 pounds smaller than him and, and him whooping them. So um, probably going to be the best combination of size, speed in the draft. And as you said, the production hasn't been great over his career, but I really feel like about mid-October through the end of the year, he, he played his best football. I thought November was a really good month for Zach. Um, it was just starting to click for him, you know, and and uh, he looked more flexible for whatever reason. I don't know if he was working on that. I haven't talked to Zach about it, but we had some issues with his lower body flexibility watching junior tape, and, and that seemed to improve too. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, certainly a high ceiling player and looking forward to getting him down here in those one-on-ones as well. Jim, what do you think of the senior quarterback class this year? It is uh, It has been a crazy ride with that quarterback class. We started the year and there was an abundance of names um, in that quarterback column. I mean, way more than we would have known what to do with. And just through the NIL stuff, people ask all the time, like, what's the NIL done? Well, it's got a bunch of these quarterbacks going back to school. So, you know, just to kind of share what our board looked like. I mean, up top, we had Will Levis as the top senior. Um, He was like really our only guy on day two. Uh, day one or day two and then we 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 started the year we started off with like Bo Nix and Hennon Hooker just under that kind of the fourth round uh, we felt like both those guys elevated we pushed both those guys up into the up into the day two range now Hennon got hurt Bo's going back to school for another year um, so we lost out on those guys and then we you know we invite uh, Keaton Slovis from Pitt and now he's in the portal and he's going to BYU so it's kind of a crazy class, but where we're at with the group, I do like the group. There are some guys that have really elevated, one being like Max Duggan from TCU. Um, to start the year, we had Max's and right on that seventh round priority free agent cut line. Um, and now we've got him up and he's like fourth, fifth round, and that's where he is for most teams as well. So uh, he's a guy we're excited to get down here. He made a really nice jump on tape this year. And um, yeah, I mean, down the list, you know, 
Jaron Hall. I think all these guys, all the guys in our game this year, Jay Kaner from Fresno, Jaron Hall from BYU, Clayton Toon at Houston, Doug and Tyson Badgett from Shepard. When you talk to the teams, they're all in that fourth to sixth round range. And now let's see, that's where they're starting the process, you know, and, and, and that's where Jalen Hurts started the process a couple of years ago. He was down here and all the teams had him in the fourth or the fifth round. And we did too. Um, and there were some teams asking if, and some people in the media asking up, say we we're going to play him at running back that week. And now how crazy does that sound? I mean, the guys played his way into a franchise contract deal this year. So um, it's going to be a fun group because they're all kind of in the same mix. It's going to be fun competition and seeing who elevates out of that group. And, We've got one more quarterback uh, spot left, and that we'll be announcing that this week. That'll be a fun one as well. Can I ask you about Will Levis? Um, I've interviewed him. He's a good guy. Um, did a lot of positive things at Kentucky. What's your take on him? Is is he is he going to be part of the Senior Bowl this year? And um, just generally, what do you think about him? Yeah, um, I've had a, had a few opportunities to meet Will and, and see Will throw live in game, and then at the Manning camp last summer. Uh, still working through whether he's going to come. So he's, he's dealing with a foot thing right now. Um, and that's why he missed, you know, the end of the season, missed the bowl game. And he's been, he's been dealing with that. He's trying to get that right. Obviously feet are a big part of, of a quarterback. Um, I was always taught it starts from the feet up when you watch a quarterback. So start watching his feet. Um, and so if you if your feet aren't hundred percent, it's going to be hard for you to come down here and look great. And I think that's what Will's concerned with right now, but you know, big picture, going back to the Manning exposure, uh, I thought he and Anthony Richardson at that camp that that day, from a physical tools perspective, the couple of days I was there were kind of head and shoulders above the rest of the group. Um, C.J. Stroud was not there, but Bryce, Bryce Young was there. Um, and really, the rest of the class was almost there. Um, Jay Kaner wasn't there. Jaron Hall wasn't there. But, but there was a lot of good players. But those guys clearly, from just a physical standpoint, you know, in terms of body type, arm strength um they're what you're looking for you know will and anthony so i think when it comes to both those guys you can probably lump both of them together it's just uh you know kind of a mental processing instincts like what happens when things get muddy and and stuff's flying around so you know i felt like this week's perfect for will he could come down here and and really throw the ball will and drills the one-on-ones the seven on sevens um, there's not, a, there's no blitzing in the senior bowl. We play a lot of vanilla coverage. So, um, I really thought the week set up perfectly for Will's strengths to and maybe minimize the, the perceived weaknesses, but so we'll see. So hopefully, hopefully he decides to come. Um, but I think that's where the league is. You know, I think there's a question of when things break down, does he have that sandlot ability to run around and see it and make improvisational plays that you've heard a lot of you know, Josh Allen comparisons with, with Will Levis. Well, that's what Josh does, you know, and that's, and he does it as good as anybody. So to me, that's a tough comparison because that's something I know a lot of teams think Will lacks. And that's something that makes Josh Allen, Josh Allen. The, just a couple of other things I want to ask you about, Jim, first of all, linebackers, who are the names that we really need to watch out for in, in Mobile this week, in this, this year? Sure. There's going to be a lot of speed at the linebacker position, and probably two of them stand out. DeMar, DeMarvian Overshawn from Texas um, and, and Dayon Henley from Washington State. I'll probably start with those two guys as like off-the-ball stacked linebackers. And even Dorian Williams, to that to that matter, uh, from Tulane. I mean, those guys can, can really run sideline to sideline. I think uh, DeMarvian, we've been watching him for like three years. He was committed to come to the game last year and went back to school. 
he's gotten better every year. You know, he, he went there as a safety. So some of the stuff closer to the line of scrimmage um, has been a, a little bit of a process, but he has gotten steadily better. Uh, and Dan Henley made a massive jump this year. I mean, I think he's one of those classic cases of a guy that really took advantage of the portal. Um, he made, he made a good decision. He found a defense he fits in. Um, and you just love how the way the guy plays. I mean, he's, he's downhill. He's innately physical. He runs, he hits, he plays with energy. Um, he's a great blitzer. Like, so Dayon Henley's a guy that both those guys really, they both play great energy. Like I love watching guys when I watch them on tape and see them just fly around. I always picture what's that going to look like on our practice field, because we need guys to come down here and really be tone setters. And I think both those guys will do that. Can we give some attention to Jonathan Mingo at Ole Miss? Uh, it feels like a, a lot of people are sleeping on him. Yeah, big, big, fast, strong. So uh, he is a he is a grown man when you get up on him. I mean, he, not to compare him to DK and AJ Brown, guys that old, you know former Ole Miss guys, but at least physically, he's in that same vein. This is a big, strapped up, good looking guy. Um, you know, he was getting a lot of attention you know, the second half of the year, and they started to go to Heath more. Uh, Malik Heath, the, the Mississippi State transfer. So Mingo's numbers were down. Like I went to the LSU game and they were just targeting the, the heck out of Heath. And Mingo, Mingo caught a big ball early uh, down the field. But, but no, in terms of a big, fluid athlete, it's hard to find guys with his frame and his thickness that can drop their weight and have that fluid stride and, and can get on top of you. So um, it'll be a big week for him. You're right. Like you don't hear a lot of Mingo talk. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he, he comes out of the week. Uh, he's going to be a handful in one-on-ones if you try to press him. He's a really big dude. Uh, J.L. Skinner is just such a fun player to watch. Um, I, I wondered if you could sort of share some thoughts on him and, and also Chris Smith at Georgia, who has just had a fantastic season, hasn't he, for, for the Bulldogs? Yeah, so starting with Skinner, um, from a measurable standpoint, he's, he's really similar uh, Cam Chancellor coming out minus about 15 pounds. They're both like 6033. Uh, we're in that range, but they're so different players. I mean, they're just very, very different guys. I mean, Cam's Cam's unique. I've got a, a I've got a soft spot for Cam for all the, the the winning he did when we were in Seattle. That's one of my my favorite guys ever, and and maybe the most physical player I've ever been around. The teams I've worked for, maybe you know, probably Rodney Harrison and Cam Chancellor are the two most physical players I've been around. Um, so he's not that, but he is, he's a taller guy at six, three and a half. And what makes him a little different from Cam, he can play from depth, whereas Cam struggled back there. This guy, you can play him from depth and he sees it pretty well and he's got range back there. Um, and then he's also, you know, got the size to come up and, and insert and, and do good things as he gets closer to the line of scrimmage. So he's a, he was a fun one. We're excited to get JL. Um, and then Chris Smith is a guy that made a really big jump for us last year. Uh, from the from last year, we didn't invite Chris last year. He did not. He fell below the line for us for last year's game. I think we ended up with him in the sixth round. Um, right now, looking up there, we've got him in the third. Uh, he was kind of fringe top hundred. I think uh, you know he's just undersized. When you see him, he looks like a corner. He's like 185 pounds, but um, I think this process is going to be really good to him because he's so cerebral. You talk to the guys at Georgia; they do so much on defense, kind of you know. They're carrying over what Kirby brought from Tuscaloosa. There's so much volume and there's so many checks and addendums. And I mean, you've got to be really smart to run that show. And he's that guy for Georgia. So I think this interview process, he's going to knock it out of the park. And when I say he, he, he made a jump this year, like it wasn't just his play and him making more plays. He, he looked like a better athlete too. Um, he looked quicker. He looked more explosive. 
And I think, you know, it's talking to the guys there that he had a full year in the weight room. He had a full off season in the weight room. And I don't know, injury stuff in the past has kind of, you know, derailed him a little bit in that area. But, but again, he, he, he just looked more athletic. Um, he looked like a guy, you know, if I would have projected him last year, I would have said this guy's a going to be a solid backup level player, instinctive guy that kind of hangs around on special teams. And you want him in the room because he's so smart. If you got to plug him in at multiple spots, mentally, he can retain and handle it. And now he looks like a guy that could be a year one starter for a team. So really, really cool that Chris came back and um, led those guys to and was a captain on a, on a back-to-back national championship team. And the very last thing I want to ask you about, Jim, is it, people will not forgive me if I don't ask about interior O-line. So, you know, who, who are some of the names in those 1v1s, centers, guards, who, who could really put on a show? Yeah, I mean, I'd start with Osiris Torrance from Florida. I'll be interested to see how, how Osiris does. You know, he's a big guy for, for your Seahawk fans. You know, we had we had uh, Damian Lewis in the game a couple of years ago, and Damian's had it, you know, started from get-go up there and, and he's doing a nice job. And this guy's another big body. I think he fits what Seattle wants. He's going to fit more gap scheme team. He's just a big, wide body. He can play square. He's hard to get around. He's hard to work his edges. He's just a big, sturdy, thick guy. Um so he's up there. We've got a nice center class. I mean, there's some, there's some good centers, but a, a name to keep an eye on that, that I'm curious to see how he looks down here is Nick Saldaveri from Old Dominion. Um, played, played mostly tackle there at ODU. And, uh, you know, they came down here to Mobile the last game of the year, um, the Saturday after our Thanksgiving. And uh, I went up to the stadium to meet him during pregame. He, and he got freaking food poisoning that morning at like 5 a.m. So he was throwing his guts up all morning. He was getting IV. So he didn't even play in the game, but he came out of the locker room to meet me. And he is a big, good-looking guy now. I mean, he is – the scouts had told me, they're like, wait till you see him. And uh, he's a really good-looking guy. I think his best home might be center. Um, I really do. The initial quickness, the lateral quickness, the ability in space, just the overall mobility of the player, like, I think is really cool. I think – so he's going to rep it at, at, at guard and center during the week. I think we're going to play him at all three spots and see and see how it looks. And we've had some guys over the last couple of years, like Robert Hainsey, who started all year at center for the Bucks, was a really a right tackle, um, did some guard work at Notre Dame that came here. And he looked better at center during our week than he ever looked at tackle or guard, in my opinion, at Notre Dame. And and then, you know, the, the, the classic stories like Quinn Miners coming down from Wisconsin, Whitewater, never playing center in his life in a competitive environment. So, We'll, we'll stick Nick in there and see uh, see what that looks like. Jim, it's always an absolute pleasure. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the year to, to have a conversation with you ahead of the Senior Bowl. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a great event. Best of luck with it all and can't wait to watch. Well, Rob, I always love coming on, man. I, I, love, I love sitting with someone that knows football and asks good questions, so you make it easy on me. <laughs>